Well, I'm glad to be up here for the second time. Um, last year, around this time, we did a presentation, and um, it went pretty well, and I really enjoyed that trip. And it was special because um, there were only like eight people from the youth group that went on that trip. So it was special in a lot of ways, but um, uh, I really enjoyed this trip just as much because uh, even though it wasn't as intimate uh, with, you know, the residents and how close we were to each other, it was still a lot of fun and we grew, and I grew closer to a lot of people that I really didn't even know who they were. So um, it was good in that aspect, but... um, As Alex already said, um, I have the days Sunday and Monday, and Sunday was the day that that we traveled uh, to Rainbow Omega, um, and we got there safely, thankfully. Um, So there were a lot of feelings that uh, came when we got to Rainbow Omega. Um, It was kind of weird seeing the residents, uh, you know, you usually... When you only see somebody for a week, you don't make that strong of a relationship, uh, but that happened at Rainbow Omega, so when you make that strong of a relationship in a week, and then you leave for a year, and then you come back, it's kind of weird, but, you know, uh, we got comfortable, um, and we got back into the groove, and it, it was like where we picked up, you know, uh, relationships were the same, and we... Uh, it was like we had never left, um, but it was also kind of hard because after a year, you don't really remember a lot of names, uh, so that was kind of a struggle. Um, I'm not personally good with names. I don't know about them, but it was rough. I had to ask all the time, um, so that was kind of hard to, it was kind of hard getting back into it, but once, you know, we got back into the groove, it uh, it was fun, and then reuniting with the residents was a really special moment um, because while we forgot their names, they didn't. They because I guess that that's just something that they get to look forward to when we get to come back. Um, so they remembered all of our names, and it was it was really cool to walk up to somebody and uh, hear them say my name, and I'm just like sitting there like, why can't I remember their name? But um, so that was. That was cool. Um, and then Sunday, we had a Devo for the residents, and we um, led some songs, but Alex really wanted the Devo to be centered around singing because he didn't want to stand up there for 25 minutes and <clears throat> give a lecture to the residents. He wanted something the residents could be interactive in. So um, the majority of our Devo was singing, and it was really awesome to see the residents um, interact and sing along with us and they had a really good time, and we had a really good time, and it was a, it was a unique experience, honestly. And then after that, we got to visit with the residents, and it was um, it was pretty cool. But you know, so on Monday, that was kind of our uh, first work day that we really did uh, some hard work. But um, at Rainbow Omega, they um, have to have a way to make their own money. And uh, one of those ways is they have a blueberry patch. And I didn't even know about it last year, so it's kind of new, I guess. But um, they had a blueberry patch, and it's about 15 to 20 rows of blueberries. And they're about 150 feet long each. So that's a lot of blueberry bushes. But um, 
on the first day, uh, me, Jackson, Jeffrey, Allie, Landon, and Rachel went out to the blueberry patch to pick blueberries, and it was hot. Um, like, the kind of heat that you just step outside and you start to sweat immediately. I mean, it was roasting out there, but um, we picked three rows apiece, and I think everybody had a full bucket of, black, of blueberries. So um, we got that done, and then um, there's this lady that, uh, this is kind of skipping ahead, but um, there's a lady that works over the greenhouse, or used to work over the greenhouse at Rainbow Omega, and she kind of does the all of the agricultural stuff. And um, her name is Kathy, and Kathy had lost her glasses about four weeks previous to the day when, or Monday, that we had gotten there. Um, so she had asked us when we went out to the um, blueberry patch to keep an eye out for them. And, you know, I figured since it's been four weeks since she'd seen them, there's no way that we were going to find them. But uh, it turns out that while me and Jackson were going down a row, I sit down next to a, a blueberry bush, and I look down, and I see her sunglasses sitting there. I was like, that is just really ironic. So um, I pick up the glasses, and uh, we head over to where she was. And we get there, and we give her the glasses, and she was so appreciative. Uh, it was, which I thought was strange because, it, I mean, it didn't look very special to me, just, you know, a pair of sunglasses. But it turns out um, Kathy had been, her house had been broken into, and a lot of her items, like a lot of her possessions had been stolen. And um, so, you know, while it was just a pair of sunglasses to me, <clears throat> That was something to her that meant a lot because, you know, a lot of her stuff that was from her house had been taken, so she got a pair of sunglasses that she doesn't have to buy now. And um, she also said, I really like Kathy, but she said that um, whenever our group comes, um, that she always sees God working and that she said that um, us finding her glasses was just another way that she saw God working in us because God knew that she needed something to pick her up in that finding those glasses really um, raised her spirits. So that happened on the first day, which was cool. And then also in the morning, this was all in the morning. And then in the morning, Alex, Carter, and Will, um, Carter Mansfield, not Carter Ashby, um, loaded soil from, I don't know where it was, I think the storage area, and took it, put it on one of the flatbed trucks and hauled it to the greenhouse, which those bags of soil aren't just like the kind you buy at Home Depot or something. They're not like the little, you know, what I'm talking about. They're like the big hefty size that are, they're heavy. I mean, you got to, you got to put some heft into it. So, I mean, I commend them for that. I think, how many gel, how many gel move? Okay. Well, so that's a lot. Um, So they did that in the morning and then in the morning and afternoon, we worked in the greenhouse. And mainly what they do in the greenhouse is they have, um, well, they have a lot of stuff, a lot of different plants, but uh, one of the main, or the three main plants that they have are, they have poinsettias, which they sell in the winter, they have mums, which they sell in the fall, and then they have ferns. Um, They have a bunch of that stuff. So basically what we did on Monday in the greenhouse is we took pots 
and I'm pretty sure it was the 10-inch in diameter pots, and we had to fill up the pots with soil so that they could be ready for the ferns and the poinsettias and the mums. So on Monday alone, uh, we it was mainly the group that was there in the morning, but on Monday alone, we filled um, 1,500 pots with soil and um, moved them from the soil filling table to the table where they would be, where the plants would be put in them, and um, they would be watered and cared for. So that was all that happened on Sunday and Monday. But Alex has asked us to say what Rainbow Omega um, means to us. So I guess I'd have to say that if I could pick one thing that Rainbow Omega means to me, um, I guess I would say it's just uh, love because the amount of love that I have for that place is incredible because it's just an awesome place. And then the amount of love that you see from the caretakers that they give to the residents is incredible again, but in a different way, not in the, like the kind of love that you have to give someone because that's just who they are. You can't help but love them. And then the people that run it, um, Stetson and Diane, they started it 25 years ago, and it's come so far, but it's really incredible, all the work that they do and the love that they have and the passion that they have for for the residents. So that's what. I had uh, Tuesday and Wednesday. And um, so Tuesday morning, we got some breakfast, and then we uh, took the 20-minute drive to Rainbow Omega. And when we got there, um, Carter Mansfield, Rachel Ashby, and uh, Miss Caroline Simmons, and I think that was it. They went to the work, the Honda Work Center up at like the top of the hill, and they uh, did surveys like with the residents. Like they would have a survey, and the residents would come in because they're not. Uh, I guess they're not as capable as filling out a survey. So they would ask them the questions, and they would fill it out for them, and. Uh, I think that's about it for them. And then uh, the rest of us, uh, the whole group, we were moving furniture from a house. I think someone was moving out or something like that. And so we moved the furniture from uh, the house to the box truck to a pavilion, and they had a yard sale there. And uh, so we had, so there's this like storage garage uh, over by the Health and Wellness Center where we stayed last year. And, uh, there was this dresser, and it was like a little tiny, like kind of tiny, like about this wide, I'd say, or something like that. I don't know. And um, there was a TV, an old TV in there, and uh, David and Jeffrey moved the TV, which apparently was very heavy, and they put it on top of the dresser. And uh, then later, we come to find out that someone had crashed into all of the stuff we'd moved out, and... Uh, there was a pole that, like, barely missed the TV by, like, an inch or two. And uh, so that would have been very bad if we had to clean up that mess. And uh, so after, after we moved the furniture and we did the surveys and things, uh, we went up to the work center and we had lunch. And uh, the food there is very good. And we had hamburger steak or something. It was really good. And then after lunch, um, I think most of us went to the greenhouse. And like David said, they had, that's where they make a lot of their profit by planting ferns and things like that. And uh, I, I don't know, like 
flowers. I don't know flowers, but they plant flowers and stuff. And so uh, I think we, we filled some more pots that day and um, watered them and things. And then we uh, planted Boston ferns inside of them. And uh, I think that was about it that we did that day. And while we were doing that, um, I think it was, I know Will and Ben Rivers, and then I think it was Carter Mansfield, I'm not sure. They went over to, uh, I didn't understand this, but some place, and it was like the irrigation was messed up. I, I, I don't know. I really don't know. But they checked the irrigation or something that day, and um, then on Wednesday they fixed it. So that was what they were doing. And then that evening was the second time that we got to eat with the residents at their house. And um, it's, uh, uh, it's amazing getting to go eat with them and fellowship with them. Uh, I, I don't know why. It's just it's great. And then um, that night it had rained, or that morning or evening, afternoon, something like that, it had rained. And so it thunderstorm and everything, so we couldn't play football. So... Um, uh, the houses we had like games and ping pong and stuff like that and I know I think Jeffrey played uh, NBA on an Xbox or something and uh, my my house went outside uh, to the gazebo and talked and that was about it for Tuesday we uh, and then we had we got in the van and then we went to the hotel and got some sleep and then Wednesday um, we again got up and got breakfast and stuff and then. Uh, we went to the, we went to Rainbow Omega, and uh, me, David, Alex, Isaac, I think that was, is that all of us at the ICF house? And Carter Mansfield. We all went to the ICF house, which, is, which stands for Intermediate Care Facility, and it's like, it's a house where people that are less capable of uh, like eating and taking showers and moving around and stuff, it's where they live. Uh, so it's just people that need a little bit more care. They live there, and um, oh yeah. First, uh, we had to window wash outside, and um, so while we were do- like when we first got up there, there's this guy. I think he was a maintenance man or something. He was spraying like uh, stuff that kills hornets. I don't know what that's called, but he was spraying that, and he told us that there were some hornets around and stuff. So for us to be careful, but um, yeah. And then so me and David were washing a window. And I remember, like, there was this bush, and you had to, like, step over it. Like, it was a pretty big bush. But um, there was a high window, and I'm short, and I couldn't reach it. So I got a ladder, and I brought it over there. And after we window washed, I started step. I grabbed the ladder, and I started stepping out. And then I hear David. He goes, ouch. And then um, I turn around, and I said, what? And he goes, there's, like, two horns that stung him or something. And then so I hit the bush with the ladder, and then, like, a swarm of hornets comes out. It's, like, there is a lot of hornets in that bush. And um, so David went inside and got treated by a girl named Gigi, I think. Yeah. And Gigi, um, she's this very nice lady. She's a janitor. And um, she, she's just amazing. Like, her work ethic and um, just, like, I can't, I can't really explain it, but she's just a great— We got to know her uh, later on through the day. We got to know her, and uh, I guess we kind of became friends. And, um, yeah, she's just a great person all around. And then, um, so after we got done window washing, we had to go inside. And so the ICF house is massive. Like, it's like, it's like a mansion, basically. There's like 16 rooms, but it's still pretty big. And it, uh, I asked the lady, uh, I think she works in the kitchen, 
But I asked her, I said, how big is this place, like square feet? And she, she said it's about upwards of 10,000. And um, I don't really know, like, measurements and stuff, but the house is just big. So, um, so me and Carter Mansfield and Isaac had to clean baseboards. But, like, um, we had to clean, like, there's, like, so on the wall, there's, like, a baseboard, and then there's a middle, like, white bar, and then a, like, about my height bar. And we had to clean those, too. Like, every, every baseboard, I guess you'd call it, throughout every hallway, we had to clean. And it took us a good probably hour and a half just taking a white magic eraser or something and just scrubbing it all the way through. And, um, yeah, we had to do baseboards. And then I think, I think we had lunch after that. I don't know. Yeah, we had lunch. And then... Um, Came back, and then Gigi had a special job for us. This is where we got to know her. We had to, so there's 16 residents, I think, or 15, 16, something like that. And we had to clean their rooms. Like, we went inside and cleaned the baseboards and then uh, washed the windows. And it doesn't sound hard, but it took us a while because we did a really quality job. And then um, like, I did all the windows, and they're really nice looking. But so we did that and um, cleaned the rooms, got to know Gigi. And um, I know, like, so in the evenings, Alex, I say make, but it's not really like that. He would make us, like, get in a circle, and we would, like, discuss where we saw God that day and stuff. And um, I know I did. I think other people probably saw, uh, but we saw God through Gigi because she's a great worker. And I think she said that she, her and another girl, I think KK or something, I don't know, but they had to clean those rooms, I think, every day or close to that every week or something, and so it was a pretty hard job. And um, after we did that, um, never mind. No, Jeffrey and, like, everyone else, uh, like everyone else went to the greenhouse where they make most of their profit, and uh, they planted plants and, uh, like, packed soil inside of the pots for, for the next shipment. And um, while we did that, during all that, uh, Will and Ben Rivers were fixing the irrigation, and uh, they did something like, I don't know, they unplugged something, like, I don't know, they plugged, I don't know, but so the water would go through or something, and um, so after after that was over, we left early for the showers at the hotel, because we had a Devo, and we didn't want to smell bad, so um, then after we did the showers, we came back for a devotional uh, in which we had a skit about a farmer, like, uh, if y'all were for VBS, it was the farmer, and he, like, throws the seeds on uh, thorns and rocks and stuff, and it doesn't grow there, and uh, when he puts it on the good soil, then it it grows there, and God uh, multiplies it. Um, I think that's how it went, and so we did the devotional, and then uh, Stetson and Diane took us out to CC's again, and it was uh, was good, and then, so Alex asked us to... um, say what Rainbow Omega means to us, and um, Rainbow Omega is just a blessing. It's a great trip, and it, uh, like, it's just one of those things you can't explain. You just have to experience it, so um, I encourage all of y'all to go next trip. Thank you. All right, so I was assigned uh, Tuesday, Thursday and Friday of this week, and uh, Thursday was the last day at Rainbow Omega, so the, the morning began with uh, us being split into three groups. We were split into one that was uh, going to the greenhouse to 
prepare pots of soil for the next uh, shipment of poinsettias for the next week. I think they had, what was it, a thousand or so coming in that week? But Well, a lot, yes. And um, they were planting that and ferns, and then we had a group go out to pick blueberries again to finish what us uh, six of us missed the first day. Uh, then we had, uh, let's see. Then the other, where did the other group go? I can't remember. It's the other greenhouse, I think. Okay. But anyways, uh, that took most of the morning, and then we realized, uh, or the, the main, uh, what's his name, Chris, the main uh, greenhouse manager, realized that we had ran out of stuff to do because all the plants were uh, planted, all the soil was ready for the next shipment. So all they could think of us for t- to do in the greenhouse was just to put the shade over the, the top greenhouse for the, uh, to prepare it for the next week. And uh, so that's all that happened in the morning. We had lunch. Then uh, that afternoon's where it got interesting. We had a tour of both the ICF house, which Jackson talked about earlier, and the Honda plant. The Honda plant was uh, where the workers or the residents can work for, I believe they get a paycheck or something so they can go over on the weekends and go shopping and that kind of thing. But it's where they make uh, owner manual kits for Honda. And I believe they said on average they put out 15 kits, or 1,500 kits per day and uh, ship those to Honda. And the ICF uh, house, as he explained earlier, is for residents that uh, they're either declining health or they need, needed more help in the first place. And um, we were shown all the, ho- uh, all the rooms. And the, it's a very nice place, uh, very well-kept. And then uh, after that, we were uh, sent to eat with the residents for our last night. Uh, I believe me, Alex, and Carter Mansfield, thinking we were showing up early or on time for dinner, ended up showing up late for the last night of dinner, and the residents had already left, gone outside. The food had been put up, so uh, we had to, the house ma- or the house managers that were there had to get everything back out, fix it for us. But um, it was really amazing the kindness that they showed. They just felt like they were obligated to do everything. Like they wouldn't let us go grab something like a condiment or something for our. We had hamburgers, so they were wanting to grab everything for us and. Oh, no, 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 don't do this, don't do that. Uh, we'll do it for you. And I really saw uh, God in that, in the way that they were just so kind and uh, just their passion for their jobs. And uh, right after that, we had our football game. But since we were rained out on Tuesday, and we were supposed to have a two out of three series with the residents, we ended up playing two games. But they had beat us the first night, so we had to make sure that uh, they didn't didn't think they were just whooping up on us. So the, uh, the first game had a close one. I think, no, it was the second game we had a close one. The first one, we blew them out. I mean, it was a game to 21. Or no, was it 20? Yeah, 21. And we, I believe we scored two touchdowns in a row, gave them a little bit of hope, let them score a touchdown, and then drilled it on them. But uh, then the second game, we wanted it to be a little bit closer. And so... We'd go back and forth, score a touchdown, then score a touchdown. And then one of the residents, his name was Josh. It was his last week uh, here because he was moving to uh, some Birmingham. That's where it was. And so he was 
kind of upset because the guys on his team weren't passing him the ball. So he's like, okay, we'll take you on. Come ahead, Josh. And so this made a really great opportunity for us to win the game because what we did, gave him the ball, let him run it down the side, touchdown, wins the game. And uh, when this happened, we felt bad for the other team. So uh, Alex, uh, one of the guys, the main guy on the other team, their quarterback was, we called him Coach. His name was Casey. He uh, was kind of seeming upset, and so Alex said, okay, and now we're going to give the MVP award. And, you know, uh, usually it goes to somebody on the winning team, but we decided to make him feel better because he kind of had that upset look on his face. We gave it to Casey, and there was a big applaud and clapping and everything, and then the the storm uh, hit us. Josh was kind of upset because he scored the game-winning touchdown, he had, I mean, he had done it all, you know. And he, he got a little, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, aggressive towards uh, Casey because he had taken his MVP trophy. And uh, that was definitely an experience to see his anger. Uh, but anyways, uh, after the football game, we said our goodbyes to the residents. Um, it was, it was kind of hard because the first go-around when I went last year, I knew the residents but I, just kind of their names. It was just kind of a broad, like, okay, I know your name, I know your name. But this time I built a relationship with them and knew more about them. And uh, one in particular, his name was Kel. He always calls everyone his brother. And he'll, he'll come up to you, shake your hand really, really, really tightly. And uh, he'll, he'll just say, are you my brother? Uh, can we talk sometime? That kind of thing. And it just kind of hurt me to, to leave him because... They want uh, extra care and love and attention, and it's hard because they have a new group coming in each week, and the re- the workers there can only do so much. So it uh, it kind of hurt all of us to leave, but uh, at the same time we were ready because we were all very exhausted. But uh, anyways, uh, we got a good night's sleep. I I say I did, and uh, got up Friday a little bit late. We slept in since we didn't have anything to do, and uh, began our drive to Faulkner. I believe it was an hour and a half, two hours, three hours. It was three hours to Faulkner. And uh, we arrived there safely and, and uh, <clears throat> excuse me, got settled into our dorms. And by that time, we still had maybe two hours before uh, the AIM conference would start. So we went to a mall and just wandered around and got something to eat beforehand. And uh, soon enough, uh, AIMCON came and we uh, all met in the big uh, Faulkner University gymnasium, I guess is what you'd call it. And uh, they gave us a little introduction. And uh, the theme for the weekend was inward, outward, upward. And so uh, after that inter- introduction, we, were, uh, we sang a little bit. Which the singing was great. And uh, then we were introduced to a speaker, and his name was Brennan Presnell. I don't know if that's exactly how you say that. But uh, his lesson was aimed, aim conference, aimed towards our, our inward thoughts and how we must uh, change our inward thoughts before we can go outward to help others. And uh, that was a blessing to us. And then after the, that lesson, there was a, I believe they called it a hangout, and there was a, the cornerstone group from Faulkner uh, had a performance, and then there was also football and, and uh, what we thought was going to be ultimate, but it ended up being football. And then there's uh, basketball in the gym, which is where 
several of us went. We split about 50-50. Um, and like uh, everyone else said, how did Rainbow uh, Omega affect me? I think the biggest thing about it was the attitudes of the residents. I mean, there's not an, any negativity there. I mean, the most, maybe the MVP award, they got a little hurt, but five minutes later he had forgotten it and everyone was happy. And I, I thought that was, that's something we all need to work on. And uh, I also saw God and, uh, in the house parents and their willingness to go out of their ways for anything that we needed. Uh, I just really thought that, that made an impact on me because we're really selfish a lot of the times. And it, uh, it really hits home when you see them doing it and then it's nothing to them. It's just a normal thing. And uh, that's all I have. Well, this was my first time going to AIM, I mean, uh, Rainbow Omega and AIM, but uh, AIM was a great th- uh, a great place, and it does a lot of great things, but I have Saturday and Sunday, and those days are at AIM, and AIM stands for Adventures in Ministry, and on Saturday, we got up and had breakfast, and then there was... Like, we met in the uh, gym, and they told us what we needed, no, where uh, where would the classes were going to be for the day, and we had to go to three classes, and the first class that I went to, uh, the speaker was David Baker, and in his class, we had to watch a video, and it was about this engineer that worked at this company, and uh, the welders like to play uh tricks on the engineers so they made this bicycle and it had gears to where the gears in the handlebars where if you turned it a certain uh, one way the wheel would turn the opposite way and they called it the backwards bicycle and uh, the engineer made a video uh, of him learning to ride it and at first it was like he got like a foot and then he would just fall over but after repeated practice for five minutes daily for eight months, his, he finally trained his brain to ride the backwards bicycle. And uh, that uh, video applies, well, the, David Baker applied it to our lives by saying that once our brain is trained to do something in a certain task, like... Uh, then our, it's harder to it's hard to do untrain that your mind to do that certain task and train it to do another task and that was that was like if you repeat a certain a certain sin over and over again then you'll it'll be so much harder to be able to turn away from the temptation than it would be if you just uh, if you hadn't repeated it over and over again. Uh, uh, in the, in that video, uh, the one thing that the engineer said that really stuck out to me was that knowledge is not understanding. I really never thought of that before, but it's he's like saying that he knew the not he had the knowledge to ride the bicycle, but he still didn't have understanding, and he didn't understand how to ride it, and that's like. If I have the, if I read my Bible every day, I have the knowledge to be able to, 
I have the knowledge of what God wants me to do, but if I don't put that into practice, the knowledge is useless. And the second class, uh, who was the speaker? That about growing the church? The one about growing the church had 5,000 names in it? Yeah, Blake, okay. The speaker was Blake Jenkins. Uh, his class was about growing the church. Uh, he said that uh, growing the church isn't a complex task. It's uh, creating a good relationship with the person that you care about to be able to have a comfortable relationship slash Bible study with them or any or anything related in that area. He like he to do that. He said that he did this activity where in his youth group where he cre- they created a list of activities they were best at. Like there, one of them was eating and one of them was hanging out with people. But I don't I can't remember the rest of them. And they had a certain amount to do those tasks to accomplish those activities, to build a relationship where at the end of this time period, they were able to uh, either talk to them about God or be able to guide them to someone like Alex or Joe, where they would be able to take that conversation further and be able to talk to them what like how they needed to to be able to learn more and at the very end he talked about his grandfather and that he would write down three people's names in his bible and the, he was trying to build a relationship with these people and each time he would accomplish converting these people those, those people he would add three more people and at uh, they were looking through his Bible, and uh, they, he said that they found over 5,000 names in his Bible. Uh, there were two more classes in the afternoon, that, and one of them Alex taught. His class was about uh, prayer, and the passage his class was based on was in Samuel 1, First uh, Samuel, about Hannah and her praying constantly, for God to allow her to have a child, and that if she would, she would allow uh, that child to be in the Lord's service. One of his points was that uh, was the difference in talking to God and with God when we pray. Uh, Alex described as pr- as praying the same prayer. The difference between praying to God and praying with God. Praying to God was like when we go to bed, praying the same prayer over and over again and not really thinking about what we have on our hearts. But talk when we talk with God, we pray what is on our hearts and we look for God's answer instead of the answer we want. There, at that night, uh, there was a blo- what they called a block party um, where there was a short devo- devotional and then... You could either watch a movie or do different activities, and we all decided to play volleyball in the multiplex. Once we were finished and about to go to our dorms, we all got in a big circle and told what moved us spiritually the most that week. Mine was seeing the patience and love and the staff at Rainbow Omega, and Sunday morning, we all worshiped together and got ready to go home.
and I didn't know about this until today because I didn't go to the little meeting that they had, but uh, what impacted and what I like best about Rainbow Omega would probably be uh, the love and compassion that they that the staff has for the, all the uh, residents at Rainbow. As the last side, slide said, uh, we want to thank uh, each and every person who made a, a who who made a prayer for us, uh, who made a contribution to us to help us go on this trip. Uh, it was very beneficial for our kids, uh, and it was amazing to watch them grow uh, throughout the week. Uh, one thing. Uh, early on in the week, uh, when we got there, uh, one of the workers uh, was talking to us as a group, and, and they pointed to me, and they said, well, he always brings a good group. And um, I thought that was really cool, because we've only been there for one week, uh, and it was a whole year ago. And so uh, that short week, a year ago, our kids made a very good reputation for uh, for us and what we're about, and um, we're we're very thankful for that. Uh, throughout the week, they continued to give us jobs that they wanted to fill an hour with that we would finish in like 10 minutes, and, um, and they would come back and just be shocked that we finished the task already and just be searching for things for us to do. And so uh, our kids worked very hard. Um, one of the kids asked me why I took so many pictures, and I said, well, what would your mom say if she saw this picture? And he said, well, she'd probably say, I didn't know he got off the couch, and uh, I said, well, that's why I took these pictures, so they could see that you are capable uh, of working. Uh, but it was a great week, uh, and I'm very thankful for it. Our goal as a group uh, is to, to have the same missions that Jesus had, uh, to seek and save the lost and to serve. Uh, I want to close with Matthew chapter 20, verses 25 through 28. But Jesus called them to him and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. It shall not be so among you, but whoever would be great among you must be your servant, and whoever would be first among you must be your slave. Even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Uh, This trip was about service, uh, service to a group who really needed it from us, uh, and it caused us to really evaluate ourselves, our priorities, uh, and what we do in our lives. Um, and we all have to make adjustments. Uh, and tonight, if you need to make an adjustment, we have this opportunity now uh, to come as we stand and sing.